Well, good morning again. We want to welcome any of you who are visiting with us today. We're so glad that um, you are here and that you made it a point to be with us. And we hope that you receive a blessing, that you, we want you to find our church to be a fr friendly place. That's what we strive to be. We're so glad that you're a part. And as we go to the Lord's, uh, go, go to God's word in just a moment, we want to be in prayer. Let me just mention for uh, the Polson family, Mike's uh, mother, Marcia, passed away just a few days ago and just a couple of days ago. And we want to keep them in our prayers and we also want to pray for Jim Huda. He's not here today because he's homesick, and there's others as well. So let's be in prayer for these folks. And um, now in December, we're learning about the four gifts of Christmas, the gifts that God gives us uh, through Christ and through Christmas. They are peace, hope, love, and joy. And we're looking at each one, one each week, and today... We're going to look at the gift of hope. And if you have your Bible with you, you can go ahead and uh, turn to a couple of passages in the Old Testament. And we'll look at those and some others. And then later we'll turn to the New Testament. Now, I mentioned last week, these are word studies. So basically, we're going to look at the word hope as it is used in the Bible. What did it mean to those people back in that time and culture? So what does it mean to us today? So... It's a little bit of a different way of uh, the way our sermons sometimes can be. We're going to be looking at a lot of different verses. Some of them you may just want to write down. We're not going to turn to all of them because we want to have your pen handy as we look today at the word hope. Now, last Sunday, I said something rather controversial in my message. And sometimes, you know, you, you get a little bit of pushback. So my inbox was flooded with emails this week and comments, you know, people saying things to me, because last week I mentioned this four gift rule, how you can get, you know, to your children, you can give gifts, you know, something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something to read, and I said, you know, four gifts, you know, and, and all of the, ki the kids bombarded me, there was a mob outside the South Foyer when I left the building, I thought they were going to stone me, because, Pastor Phil, what do you mean just four gifts? What are you talking about? Something to wear. Who wants socks for Christmas, right? So I apologize. You know, I don't have a verse in the Bible that says you're supposed to give your kids something to read at Christmas. I don't have that. So I was just using that as kind of a segue to our four gifts that we're talking about, right? And it's not socks or ties or anything lame like that, right? It's, it's, it's hope. It's peace. It's love, it's joy, and um, they're more than just Christmas words or cliches that we sing about. What do they really mean, and how, can they, how should they be meaningful to us? Last week, we looked at peace. We said that the Bible word for peace is shalom, which means, I should do a test right here, right? Does anyone remember what shalom means? I said it last week. It means wholeness and completeness, right? And so, uh, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, can, by his power and grace, can restore the areas of our life that uh, can break down. Life is complex and has many moving parts, and areas of our life can break down. And, but Jesus Christ is the one who comes in to fill those gaps by his grace. Now, this morning, we're, we're going to unwrap the gift of hope. And, you know, hope is a lot like Christmas. It's a lot like Christmas Eve. You know, when you see that the children, that they're, they're 
they know Christmas is coming. The gifts are under the tree. There's something out there that they're looking forward to. And it's not yet, but they're already excited, right? They're, they're full of anticipation. They're, they're giddy. They're, they're like, sometimes they can't even sleep at night. They're so excited on Christmas Eve, right? How am I even going to sleep tonight? I can't wait for tomorrow to come because there's something out there in front of me that is so good that it's making me excited today. That's a lot like hope. Hope is relative to the future. It is the confident expectation of a future good. That's really what hope is. And it gives us strength and impacts us now in the present. And, um, and we're going to see this. Someone said that um, hope is the anticipation of a future that is better than the present. So it's a, it's this kind of feeling of hope is crucial, right, for human existence. We all have to, you lose hope and you really uh, lose uh, the, the desire to move forward in life. Hope is crucial just on a, on a human level for healthy existence. But it's also a very important concept in the Bible. In the Old Testament, and we're going to look now at a couple of these passages. In the Old Testament, there's really uh, two main words for hope. The first one, it's, uh, I'm going to throw a little bit of Hebrew at you, but don't let it throw you off. I didn't know this word until just a few weeks ago. Yakal. Yakal is one of the Hebrew words for hope. And do you know what? it means to wait with expectation. Like in the story of Noah. Remember the story of Noah and how uh, it rained for 40 days and nights, but they were on that, sh that boat, that ark, a lot longer than 40 days and nights because they were waiting for the water to recede, right? And, and every, uh, after so many days, weeks and weeks, waiting for the water to recede, you know, Noah let loose uh, a raven, and then he let loose a dove, a few, and every time it says that they waited, they looked, Actually, in the New King James, it says, Noah looked for the waters to recede. That's the word yakal. He's waiting with expectation. Right? So he's, there's an expectation that there's a future good out there. We're going to be delivered from this, you know, all of this situation that we're in, that we're surrounded by. And um, so in, that's in Genesis 8.12. You don't have to turn there, but if you want to jot these verses down, you know, um, so the other Hebrew word, yakal, means to wait with expectation. The other one that we're going to look is look at is the word kava. And kava means to wait with tension. To wait with excitement or tension. It really actually comes from the word, uh, the root word is a cord. A cord that when you stretch a rope and it's under tension... And, and, and it's under a lot of tension, and then it's released. So that's kava, is to wait, and you're waiting, and you're holding on, but your expectation, you're looking for that tension to be released. So you hope, right? I, I'm, Christmas is like Christmas morning, right? That's when all of the, everything gets released, right? All of the wrapping comes off, and they rip it off, and they rip the boxes open, and then it's finally there, right? And so that's the idea of kava, is like, all of this anticipation, this waiting, this tension, and, and maybe it's not, maybe it's a negative tension. How is this going to work out, and what is going to happen, and what will it be? And then you have the response. So the, 
the pro prophet Isaiah says that a farmer, for example, we're not going to look at these verses quite yet. Isaiah 5.2 says that a farmer plants his vine and then he kavahs for a, the harvest of good grapes. So he's waiting under tension. Uh, Micah says the same thing about farmers. He says they both, they both kavah and yakal, they, they, they wait for the morning dew, it says in Micah 5.6. To, to give moisture to the land. So this idea of, uh, I think we can all relate to this idea of, of a farmer, right, who, who plants, but then there's this all of this waiting. But it's a hopeful waiting, right? It's a waiting where there's an expectation of a future good harvest. So this is the, this is the idea of hope, waiting with expectation, with anticipation, and there's an element of tension involved. But but what are we waiting for as believers in Jesus Christ? Because the idea of farmers and other ways you can think of, these are normal human ways. But when Isaiah and Micah wrote, they were, they were just using that as an illustration of what Israel is doing. What, is it, what was Israel waiting on in those dark days? There, there's something bigger that can keep us looking forward to something much greater than just an earthly harvest. And so the prophets were just using that as an illustration. So let's now look at what are we waiting for. Let's look in Isaiah chapter 8. We're going to look there, and we're going to look in uh, Psalm. Uh, did I, I don't think I mentioned the passages earlier, did I? Psalm, Isaiah 8, Psalm 39, and then Psalm 130 is where we're going to be. If you want to just hold those places there. So, uh, so in Isaiah, it, it was the period of, of prophets in the history of Israel, and it was a very dark time. There was a lot of just, uh, it was like Israel was self-destructing from within because of their own disobedience. And Isaiah said in Isaiah 8.17, notice what it says here in God's word, and I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob, I will hope in him. So what were they hoping for? They were, they were hoping in God. They were kavah in him. I will wait in him with this, this tension, and I'm looking. Things are dark. Things are uh, difficult. It's a hard time, but we are hoping in God. He is our hope. So the only hope that they had in those day, dark days was God himself. And, and the book of Psalms is full of this. You know, I remember years ago as a, you know, I was doing this study in the Bible, and, and you find in Psalms it says, wait on the Lord, and wait for the Lord. And it was like, wait on the Lord is like used like 40 times in the Psalms. And I think, what does it mean to wait on the Lord? Well, it's, it's the word hope. It's the same word that we're talking about. And so we see this, for example, in Psalm 130. Notice what it says here. Uh, the, the poet, the psalmist, cries out from the pit of despair when he says in Psalm 130 and verse 5, notice what it says. It says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. 
For with the Lord there is mercy, with him there is abundant redemption. So we're, we're, we're waiting, whether it's Kavah or Yakal, we're, we're waiting for the Lord. Let Israel wait for the Lord because he is loyal and merciful. So our hope is in God. And there's something beautiful about this passage. If you notice in verse 5, he equates his word with himself. He says, I will wait I will wait for the Lord. He said, I will wait for the word of the Lord. These are used interchangeably, synonymously, because the word of God is true. It's as true as the character of God. And so when we say I'm waiting in God or I'm hoping in God, what would that mean? That would mean I'm hoping in what God says in his word. That's how we know what our hope is, that future good that's laying out before us. If you want to know what you're really getting for Christmas, <laughs> read in the word of God the future that is laid out, uh, that he has prepared for those who love him, the Bible says. He's prepared. You know, <laughs> Every parent, you, want, you love your kids, you want to give them something special, something that they'll enjoy, something that will make them happy and you have it all wrapped up, God's prepared something for you. And um, the Bible says that eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, and then he, <laughs> this is the kicker, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that the Lord has prepared for those who love him and look for his appearing. <laughs> now, uh, Maybe it's something I've never heard of. Maybe it's something that I've never seen. You know, obviously we haven't seen it. It's more glorious than this, the beautiful world that God's already created. But then he said, nor has it entered into the heart of man. It's something that you cannot even imagine. And that's our hope. That's a part of our hope that we're clinging to, that we're holding on to under tension until that day. And it's a future good that brings me strength and excitement and joy in the present. Now, um, when, you, when you think of this, I brought, my, I brought an illustration here today. I brought my kav. That's the, I don't know a lot of Hebrew. Don't, I don't want to, I know a little Hebrew. He runs a deli right down the street up here. His name's Joseph. Kava is to hope in under tension, and it comes from the root of kav, which is cord. As a matter of fact, if you read back in, uh, in I believe it's in Joshua, the story of Rahab, when she let the spies down from the wall with a cord, that's the word hope. That's the word kav. It is a rope under tension. And I thought about, um, you know, a rope under tension. I thought about all of the rock climbing that goes on. You know, I feel like I'm in the Alpines right here with these <laughs> trees and everything, right? Or like El Capitan. That's not really how you pronounce it, but it's El Capitan. And um, in California, in Yosemite, right, it's one of the greatest, you know, all the, that's like the mecca for rock climbers, right? Or you got a stone wall right here. And, 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 and you use a rope. Now follow with me, okay? You use a rope that is secure in the future. It's anchored to something in the future. It's anchored to something that is up there, but you're down here. And you're holding on 
And what is sustaining you when you slip and you're going to fall or when you're tired and you have to rest, when, when you can't hold on on your own strength, you hold on to a kav, a hope that is secure in the future. It's up there, but you're holding on to it down here and it sustains you. That's the hope of a child of God. And right now, I'm tired. Right now, I can't go on anymore. Right now, I, I can't do this. I can't keep climbing under my own strength. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to my hope, which is in the Lord. It is so secure. It is so uh, safe that I can lean on it. I can, and that's, you know, those carabiners, right, that they, they put into the rocks, and it's, it's in the bedrock. It's secure, and they can, they can hold on to that. My friend, that is the hope of a child of God. And that's exactly what the word means. It means to wait, to, to wait under tension. And um, now let's look into the New Testament at this idea a little bit. Because this is, um, our hope is in the Lord. It's not, it's not that we're going to look at uh, 1 Peter 1 and Colossians 1 in just a moment. But let me just say that it's not the same as optimism, because our hope is in a person. Optimism is about uh, looking at a situation and, and trying to see how the circumstances work out for the best. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but biblical hope is not focused on the circumstances. In fact, uh, the hopeful people in the Bible, they didn't see any good coming out of the circumstances. There was no evidence to them that things would work out. But yet they chose hope anyway. So it's not quite the same as optimism. It is hope in a person, in God. Now notice in the New Testament, the earliest followers of Jesus, they, they cultivated the same habit of hope. They believed that Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection was God's answer to our problem of sin and evil and death. And so the empty tomb is what was really their door of hope. That is what energized them with hope. And the Greek word for hope is, is very similar in its sense of confident anticipation of a future good an empty tomb opened this new door that they were they were anchored their hope was anchored in the promises and in the character of God but also in the Lord Jesus Christ you know for example um, and of course he is God but he um, they had never perceived him as God they had never seen the Messiah they had never been around the Messiah and in John 14, he says, you believe in God, believe also in me. So, he, so we're trusting in the character of God. We're anchored to the character of God and the word of God. You believe in God, you hope in God, hope also in me. He said, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. He says, now this is the Lord Jesus Christ talking to his followers. He says, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go, if I leave and I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again 
to receive you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. That is a promise in the future that gave them complete strength and, and, and drive and hope in the present. That is what sustained them when they were, being, when they were going into the, the, the regions preaching the gospel, when they were suffering persecution, when they were being burned at the stake and crucified themselves. What gave them, what did they hold on to? They held on to something that was secure in the future. And it was based in the character and in the words of the one who told them those things, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the, uh, let's look here, uh, for example, at um, 1 Peter 1 and verse 3. 1 Peter 1, 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So the Apostle Peter said that Jesus' resurrection opened up uh, a living hope that people can be reborn, they can be made new, be different kinds of human beings, all because of their faith and their hope in Jesus Christ. And so, and Apostle Paul mentioned this idea often. We could look at several verses, but we're going, only going to look at Colossians 1.23. And we see the word hope used again in the Bible. And uh, we see it here in verse 23. It says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which Paul, I, Paul, became a minister. So do you see the strength? Does he, you Continue in the faith. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm going to continue in this faith journey walk. And, and it says I'm grounded and I'm steadfast. Uh, I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going to be uh, destroyed. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to yield in my faith and in these and, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel. My friend, the hope of the gospel, obviously, there are blessings and there are joys right now, obviously. And, and, and the gospel and the word of God bring all kinds of light to make to our present life to make our lives better, obviously. But we have to say that our ultimate hope, where, where, where we are securely anchored, is the, the fulfillment of the gospel, our complete salvation, which is in the future. And that holds, that's what I hold on to today. So in both cases of Colossians 1 and 1 Peter 1, uh, hope is based in a person, the person of Jesus Christ. And so Christian hope is, um, Christian hope is, it looks back to the risen Jesus in order to look forward to the promises he left for us, he made to us. So when we look back to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God shows us in the present the enormity of his love for us, and that 
that infuses us, that is worthy of our confidence in the future that he has prepared for us. The psalmist said in Psalm 39, he said, you, did we look at that verse? Did we look at Psalm 39? Did I skip over that? Psalm 39, 7, and we'll be done here. Notice what he says in Psalm uh, 39 and verse 7. This is the verse that um, that I hope that you will take with you today. All of them, right? Did you write them all down? Like Micah, did you get all those verses? Hosea, I don't think I talked about Hosea either. Psalm 39 and verse 7. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? What do I kava for? You are my yakal, my hope is in you. So this is, we see them sandwiched together here. Just like a, a farmer waits for the harvest and he's under tension until, until that harvest is, in, that grain is in the barn. It's like, okay, we're, we're working hard, but the, you know, the, I hope all of this works out, right? We wait with an expectation of a future good. And our, our hope, what we're clinging to, what we're holding on, is God himself. And it's reflected in his word. And it's trustworthy because of his character. Let's bow together for prayer this morning. Just with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I wonder... You know, I, I talked about a future place that God has prepared for us. That the Lord Jesus Christ said, I go to prepare a place for you. That, and if I go, I will come again and receive you to myself. Do you, do you have the assurance that you have a, a place in heaven prepared for you? Do you know that? Because, my friend, you can. The Bible says the gifts of God is eternal life. It is a gift that Jesus Christ purchased with his own blood on the cross. He purchased your salvation and your forgiveness. And now he offers you the gift of eternal life. And my friend, that's where hope begins. Eternal hope. And if there's someone here today that if you have never received Christ as your Savior, we would love to talk with you. We would love to sit down with you and open God's word and share with you how you can make that all-important decision. And even in the quietness of this moment, if you can open up your heart in faith and whisper a prayer to God and say, Dear God, I believe in you. I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for my sins and that he rose again. And I want him to be my savior. Please give me the gift of eternal life. Well, my friend, if that is something that is in your heart to do, then we invite you to do it in this very moment. And I also want to pray for every believer, already believer in this room. Hope in the Lord. When it's all darkness, when it looks like destruction, 
when we don't have the answers, when we're tired and we want to give up, hope in the Lord. And in the promises, find strength in the promises of his word. Father God, we thank you <coughs> for the hope that Jesus Christ brings to our life. And just like you fulfilled your promises when you came the first time, you were born in a, you were born in a town called Bethlehem, and you were born into poverty. And you fulfilled all of those promises. <clears throat> Lord, we are confident that you will fulfill all of your future promises. And we hope, we rest in you. We pray, Father, for your grace and your strength to be with each one. Bless us as we seek to faithfully, faithfully remain steadfast in our hope in the gospel. Bless us and help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing one final song? Let's stand together as we sing.